What is up, everybody? Episode 82 of No Guitar Is Safe. On this one, we plug in with the great Marty Friedman, who is in town from Japan. Fingers on strings, folks. And this episode is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player. Play better. Sound better. No Guitar Is Safe. Thank you for being here. We are going to bring you the energy from Tokyo tonight. Are you ready for this right now? This one's called Inferno. What's up, everybody? Somebody is in town from Japan. Marty Friedman. Yeah, he comes back sometimes, even though you know he loves it over there, even though you know he's also got a second career as a TV personality over there. Yeah, what an amazing and inspiring guitar player Marty Friedman is. I mean, he does the metal so powerfully. It's ridiculous. But he also does the melodic just as powerfully. This is a piece he wrote with the Tokyo Philharmonic. We'll get into both sides of his personality, his guitar personality, momentarily. Right now, he is excited to announce that his new album has been released. It's a live album called One Bad MF Live. MF, of course, stands for Marty Friedman. I don't know what you were thinking. If you're at all unfamiliar with Marty Freeman, you gotta know that he got his start with Jason Becker. The two of them had an insane two-headed guitar duo called Cacophony, just super adventurous instrumentals. Then after that, when I think they were still like basically around the age of 19 or 20, Marty joins Megadeth. Jason, of course, joins David Lee Roth. Marty did Megadeth for gosh, about 10 years maybe. But since then, he's become a prolific solo artist. After this interview, a couple days later, I saw him at the Viper Room just throw down with his band, and man, a band does he have. Now, these guys play like The Who in 1971 or something. They're hungry on stage, and they're just crushing the audience. Marty looks one direction, the crowd is just screaming at him, he looks the other, the other side of the room screams. It's a, it's a really good chemistry he has with his fans. It's real. And they're touring America, early 2019. I did this interview right after the sound check, but before his clinic. This was at Musicians Institute's new room, which is called Live House. It's amazing. It's on Highland Boulevard, just below Hollywood, right there, the big touristy intersection. And this is such an incredible addition to the music scene in LA because it is a state-of-the-art, multi-million dollar room with a with a huge stage and 
huge lights, huge recording system, great soundstage. If you're ever looking for something in LA to do something big, it's so pro and it's still so clean. You could literally eat off it, I believe. This is like the second or third event that has occurred in this room. The first event was Steve Vai's 52-hour Jamathon, which I'm sure you heard about raising money for charity, doing a world record longest jam. A lot of people took part in that jam. It was on the same stage. So Marty's gonna do this clinic and maybe later down the road, I will put up some of that for you to check out as a bonus episode. But today we're meeting in the green room behind the stage to catch up with Marty. He's got his awesome custom Jackson guitar, Marty Friedman signature model with his signature passive EMGs on there. And it sounds great running it through the little Katana 50 watt that I brought into the room from Boss. I love Marty too because he's just not, he's not a nerd about gear. He just likes to play guitar. So anyway, we're going to grab the little zoom recorder, fire up the copter, head over to Hollywood and check out Marty Friedman. Man, you play some beautiful stuff. You know, one thing I, I always think of my friend Jubu Smith, a great R&B player, because he's one of the guys I know who holds his pick kind of like going opposite direction. Another guy who does that? Yeah, like, you know, you're holding your pick, so it's kind of slicing the different diagonal with your wrist kind of curved upwards. Poor guy. <laughs> well, it's cool. I mean, I always tell guitar players you can hold the pick any way that works. True. How do you true. feel about that? Yeah, it's so unimportant. It's so unimportant. Um, but it, you know, whenever I do these things like I'm about to do, people ask about it. Really has nothing to do with the notes you choose or how you intend to play the notes or anything. It just looks goofy as all hell. <laughs> hey man, it works. Yeah, I see a lot more R&B players do that than uh, interesting hard rock players. So what's up, Marty? I keep running into your friends first of all, like Jason Becker, and the other night Richie Kotzen. Yeah. He's going to try to come to your show in LA on oh nice on Sunday. Yes, yes, and. Uh, and are you about to announce a big tour? No. Yes. So um, we're going to be on tour in America back half of January and all of February. And we're going to get everywhere that we didn't get on the last Wallace Sound tour and some more places. And uh, basically going to play everything off the live album, One Bad MF, Shameless Plug. And um, it's going to be an insane fest of positive vibes. And how cool is it that MF is m- <laughs> motherfucker? And I'm so slow. It took me a second to realize. Had to think about it. <laughs> the double entendre there, the double meaning. Yeah, yeah. I lucked out. So yeah, you're plugged in. What, what what kind of stuff do you play lately when you just pick up your guitar? You know, we all kind of play. What do you, what's on your fingers and, and this week? Play it's, something for I us. Never. I'll just play. <laughs>
beautiful, man. You got soul. No, you can tell that I'm nervous and I just woke up when I'm playing fast like that. <laughs> well, I was actually admiring too, in there you have played some what I call still notes, long notes without vibrato. Oh yeah, I mean, vibrato, man. I find that when I'm, I don't never really think about it unless I'm doing things like this when people are asking me like, today I'm about to do a seminar at MI. And vibrato always comes up, and you don't really analyze it until someone asks you to explain it. Then you come yeah. up with some bullshit answer. And um, <laughs> but really, since I've had to analyze it, like, you, did you call it a still note? Yeah, that's the first time I ever called that. But yeah, long. That's a great note. word because still notes are the safest way to go. And sometimes people are almost afraid of them. Because they got to be right in tune. You know? Well, that's the thing. But still notes are the money notes. Yeah. You know? And then you shake it. <laughs> still note right there. That's, and then you add the vibrato. Yeah. yeah, by the time people start listening to it, then you, you might want to give a little vibrato. I'm going to send you this, this uh, album if you don't have it, which most people don't. It's a Rachel Podger violin Bach, and she plays it old school with gut strings and no vibrato. It's totally what we're talking about. Is that that girl from uh, Chicago? Could be. Oh, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So tell me about this album. First of all, why did you re choose to record it in Mexico City? Because uh, it was the last show on the tour, and that's where there's a lot of emotions running high. It's the final. And on top of that, the band is perfectly primed. I mean, we're primed every night, but at the end of the tour, it's really, we're in full-on machine mode, you know, lean, mean, killing machine mode. And plus, it was the best city on the tour that had the best remote recording facilities and was close to where my engineer was able to get to. So all those factors. Have you noticed, too, that Mexican audiences are just some of the best in the world? There's that, too. <laughs> There's definitely that, too. Although all the audiences on the South American tour and the U.S. tour have been just fantastic. So, But Mexico was just wonderful. Now tell us about this amazing band that's on your record, these players. Yes, uh, on bass is Kiyoshi, and uh, she is just, what can I say? And of course she has that great bass intro. Oh, on, I know, yeah. Mutation medley. Yeah, she has a little bass solo there. It's actually much longer when we do it live, but you know, got to cut things down for live consumption. She's just an incredible, incredible bassist and an inspire, inspiration to not only female musicians, but to anyone, because she's just mind-blowing. And then tell us about Jordan Ziff, your uh, Jordan Ziff is a, is a fantastic guitarist. Um, 
I have kind of a long history with playing with really, really good guitar players, and Jordan certainly lives up to that. And um, he's a stud. He's like a, he's a kid. He, he's just starting out, and he's just a wonderful, wonderful player. And we both have the the shorthand. You know what I mean? He knows what I'm thinking, and he knows how to adapt to everything in my in my set very well, which is quite difficult. There's only a few people in the world who I know who can do that. Yeah, your songs have so many parts, some of them. Yeah, and yeah. Bounce around all over that. How was the process of learning, even with a great player like Jordan, how was the process of, of locking down those arrangements? Um, for the other guitarists? For, yeah, you guys as a duo. Um, well, my stuff is already done. I mean, yeah. my stuff, you know, takes forever to arrange. I mean, I, I, for example, my Wall of Sound album, it took me a year and a half to arrange and nine days to play in the studio. So by the time you've right. done it in every song in every different key and every different tempo, you're playing it pretty good. And then by the time you record it for real, it's, it's just really easy. What does uh, Jordan, I mean, you said he's a really wonderful player, but what, what are some of the things that really make him stand out amongst all the wonderful players that you and I know and everyone follows? <laughs> what stands out is um, he can relate to my playing and my playing is not very easy to relate to. I mean, not a lot of people have a, a, what's the word in English? A landmark, you know, there's, you know, there's a Clapton guy or there's a Van Halen guy or there's a classical type guy. And um, those influences don't really stick out in my playing too much. So to really relate to it, it's just got to be in the body, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. You should ask Jordan next time you talk to him, but... Um, he seems to understand my things without me having to explain them. And I don't have the energy to explain uh, ethereal concepts to m members of the band, you know, if either they have an ear for it or they don't. And Jordan has such a wonderful ear. Um, he can predict what I'm going to do, and he can do his own things that are cool in their own right without being a copy of my, my playing. And who's on drums? A guy named Chargy. And he is like, animal from the Muppets if you remember that show heck yeah he's just an insane creature um he, you're he's, saying he's furry what's that he's furry. he's furry no he's he's just like so wild he's like uh Tommy Lee on steroids but playing all of my really perverted drum parts and what are some of your favorite moments to play in that set like if you were to bust out a riff right now I mean it's hard to choose but you got like 10 songs on that record or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all... There couldn't be a favorite. I mean, I wouldn't be able to really pick anything out. Well, right now, if you were to play something... If I were to just play something from strings. the record, I might do something like... Um, should know but that you're playing with the the cellos and is that your oh, wife at the sound check <laughs> yeah as a matter of fact that is my wife that was a song um, she's a she's a cellist she's a cellist with uh, the tokyo philharmonic orchestra and that song that i was just sound checking is a song that i wrote and arranged and produced with the tokyo philharmonic or orchestra which is the official tokyo uh, japan heritage theme song 
that was sanctioned by the government for me to write and collaborate with the orchestra and um, it's used at kind of official events and stuff in Japan and it was just an honor to be asked to do that and then to write it and to play it and it's not on any records or anything and there's really not any plan for release but I think today will be the first time I play it in front of anyone in America. Fantastic. Well, I'm thrilled that I got to just watch you sound check it. What's the name of that piece and is it available it, on iTunes or Spotify? No, I mean you can get it and watch it on YouTube for free and don't, I guess, download it or whatever. It's not for release but it's uh, Tokyo, I'm sorry, it's um, Japan Heritage official theme song and it's uh, me with the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra. Could you play me the intro to um, White Worm? White Worm, yeah. Something like this. Is there a particular inspiration behind that sort of riff writing for you? I wanted an intro that makes people want to pick up a guitar and play. Granted, it's a little bit trickier than what was in mine. I mean, you think of the great songs that are known for guitars, and they have intros, you know. There's that, and there's... It's like the guitar riffs at the beginning. Yeah. So I wanted the main riff to be at the beginning. The riff is a little bit... It's not really a difficult riff, but it's a little bit more difficult than the ones I just played. Well, I know what you mean. I mean, it has a lot of notes to it, but you also reward people with super juicy intros like Elixir. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with that? What, what, how does that go? And what is the tone recipe? It's just uh, so elixir. crunching on the... Good. Turn up that pickup a little bit, isn't it? Like, wow. it's evil, isn't it? That's cool seeing you do it because I realize now that I see it, you're like kind of skipping the middle two strings and just using the like basically the lowest two and the highest two. I guess so. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you guys are just having like illegal amounts of fun on this album. Like yeah. you can sense it. Like you guys are just, and that's some, also always the magic of the last show of the tour too. Like anything goes kind of, but I can tell you guys have that every night. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of fun. like a family I mean that's a cliche but we have honestly do love each other a lot we enjoy what we do and um, that shows and, and playing the music we've kind of honed it down honed down the set list to a point where everybody really shines a lot it's not the Marty Friedman all-night show I mean everybody shines so much not only does it take the pressure off me, but it gives these guys big spotlights and it lets the audience be involved. And that's the main goal. That's why I picked such fantastic people. Yeah, and you got them all chanting the crowd. You got this. 
They're chanting yeah. the names of the band members, which I love to see that. I said Jordan. Yeah, that's your producer side coming out. Like you really, like you've kind of created one dual guitar between you and Jordan. Certainly, certainly. Like this solo on Inferno, for example, it sounds like maybe you guys jump into some double stuff or you know that part. Oh of yeah, like, we're harmonizing a lot of that. Um, well, I don't, there's it's all solo, yeah. so maybe it starts off like there's a big kind of crazy. And then, like, maybe a minute in, there's some kind of arranged, really uh, crazy double stuff, I think. Like, lots of moving around. Key. <laughs> and then at the, about the three-minute mark, and I know you don't know exactly what that is. I could pull it up right here if you want. There's kind of like a... Like, you started off for a while, and then he hops on or something. I think of these licks as the ones for the, the fans because for whatever reason, ever since I was a kid, these were the licks that people go, yeah, about. You know, yeah, what is it? That type of yeah. thing. And then it's, it somehow builds, like the way you guys build it, like he maybe Jordan hops on and then you take it to another level. Yeah, he would level. probably, I, I forgot what he does, but he probably... Maybe an octave. Yeah. And the, but the bass changes under this, and it's actually in a polyrhythm, the whole thing. Yeah. So we're doing this simple kind of guitar, freebird type of lick, but the band is like doing, I think it might be 11-8 or something, the band is revolving in a strange place. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's why that part sounds like it builds up. The way to make something simple like this sound like it's building up is to sneak in a rhythm that does not repeat in fours. I do that kind of often. If it's all in 4-4 four, four and I'm just playing these straight 16th notes, yeah. it's full-on freebird, which is cool, but like to make it a little bit more interesting, you put the rhythmic movement just slightly weird i mean it's not yeah. like an uh what do you call a really odd time signature where it's going to jar people you can still uh, okay. feel the four on the floor but they the chords change in odd places yeah and it creates a very hypnotic effect ah yes thank you <laughs> that, that was the word i was looking for <laughs> yeah yeah i love that now uh, a monster tone on the beginning of dragon mistress is that you or jordan or both of you or? jordan's at the beginning doing doing that yeah. and then I come in with you can't hear it now but the reason yeah. that sounds good live is I use this thing called a, a auto auto filter from Maxon and right at that point you can really hear when I'm going it's like a human mouth opening yeah. but not like a Wawa not like a talk box it's, it's really nice pedal Thank you. 
So you don't have a sustainer or anything, you, but I, oh no. Because sometimes you get the insane sustain on some of these solos, yeah. but it, it, you're right, it doesn't sound like over the top, like sustainy or whammy-ish or envelope filtery or anything like that. Right. So maybe that Maxon thing has something to do well, with I it? Well, I leave the Maxon on completely zero, so it's barely even in the loop at all, but just that, just that little nuance adds to single notes it just adds it it's not on right now but like when you play lines like that i have alan kick that max on in and, and it's just like becomes even more human that's great so you 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 do you even keep your pedals with you or your tech runs them he runs everything if i <laughs> if i'm responsible for that it's going to be a, a accident Oh, you're living large, man. That's when you, when you have a tech that knows your your pedal switches. Uh, not only does he know my pedal switches, he knows when even when I'm ad libbing, he can tell when I'm about to do something that would require uh, using that pedal. But I don't have a lot of pedals, and I only I think you took pictures yeah. of it. So it's you know he's a great guitarist himself, so he's got the intuition. Yeah, I heard him playing some cool Lukather licks as he was setting up. What's his full name? Alan Sosa. Cool. Now, um, you got to tell us a little bit about what you're rocking gear-wise these days. Tell me about this Jackson Marty model. This is the Jackson Marty Friedman model. This is a wonderful guitar. You should play it and, and let me know what you think. It's a heavy, manly guitar. Thank you. Yeah, you should play it. I'll play it. You tell me about it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a manly guitar. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's, the shape is based on a very famous shape that we all know and love. <laughs> oh, man, it's beautiful. I know. This one has a kind of shattered mirror purple Shattered top. mirror purple top. Is that available yeah. or is that a custom thing? It's probably a custom thing. Ooh, tasty. I want this guitar. Oh, Tasty. The, the action, you got like a, do you run heavier strings on the bottom or it's just a little higher at the bottom? It's the regular Diodario set. 10, uh, 10, uh, 10 46. I'm not giving it back. What's the scale length on this? I don't even know what scale length is. Yeah. Oh, dude, show me that lick. Oh, that's cool. One, one, one more time, one more time, one more time. Oh, you just kind of, okay, we're like an E. Yeah. <laughs> but I start, yeah, I start a half step up on the wrong there note, but bend it to a right note. And then hammer on. That's super tasty. I dig it. Oh, this is beautiful. So you got these these EMG. Thanks, by the way. I mean, what an ah. honor to play for you. I'll these. be stealing that lick today. <laughs> Man, I I wish that would be the case. If it was, I would be flattered. I'll be watching. Uh. Be watching for it. Tell me about these beautiful EMGs. I love the metal finish on the pickup covers. By the way, these are uh, EMG Marty Friedman pickups, and um, glad you dig the the look of them. And they have different looks. Uh, I don't know all different colors and you know metallic or whatever but the thing that's cool about them is there's no batteries 
So you never have to wonder, is my battery on or anything? And yep. it's very human-sounding pickup. And uh, I just love it. Is it, a, uh, would you describe it as kind of high output or medium output? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I love that you don't know what that means. Yeah. I love that they're rusted. Like, it reminds me of, like when I was interviewing. They're probably rusted from sweat is I what I was going to say, you and another guy that I was thrilled to interview one day a long time ago, Angus Young, talking yeah. about how he gets all his guitars get rusty from live performance. Yeah. Yeah, this is just gorgeous, man. I love the inlays, and I love thanks. I love how the strings go across the nut in a straight line, which is going to stay in tune rather than if they go sideways, like say on like a classic Gibson model or something like that. You know, our acoustic guitar. These this guys, is a perk that I was not aware of. Might have turned your knobs down or something. That's what she said. <laughs> so yeah, what man. kind of a rig were you running through? effects and amp wise for one bad mf live album that was uh this guitar and one more black guitar of the same model um like i said the M the maxon mm -hmm. auto filter and the marty friedman inferno amp so it's, it's really easy to answer gear questions now because <laughs> it's all signature stuff which i'm yeah. too flattered for words about that but They've all got it right, and sonically, I couldn't be happier. And Inferno's an Ingle model, right? Yes. That's uh, got that red finish on the front of it? That's correct. That looks cool, yeah. I saw that when I when I walked in, and obviously, that's one of the songs that is when we were just talking about that riff. Yep. You guys are a real band, which I, I think is uh, yeah. not always common with, you know, instrumental or mostly instrumental guitar music i just i just love my band and i think that uh they just make so many friends out there when they play and why not have a great basketball team instead of just a great center you know what i mean everybody's the ultimate you know in this band everybody has yeah. big moments in the show i mean it's a very old school yeah. kind of uh flow so to speak it's like it's it's an old school big live concert and then I mean, God, we're getting on 20 years, I guess, since you uh, last played with Megadeth. Just about, yeah. If you were showing your nephew or your friend Jude just one of your riffs of, that, from that era, from any of those four or five huge albums, what, what, do you, what still pops into your fingers? None of them. Not a single riff? <laughs> no. I'm basically just thinking about what I'm playing now. And, but what do you take away from the, that 10 years? Like, What's something that now that it's been... Almost 20 years since then. What what did you take away that's really changed Just your life? Wonderful, wonderful experiences. Best fans of all time. Best band. Band members. Even the crew are fantastic people. Um, nothing but great experiences. Full respect and love to everyone involved. It was a great chapter in my life and hopefully in their lives too. And uh, nothing but good things. Before I forget, any... Um other pedals we need to mention? I noticed you have the Boss DD500 delay on there. You like a little touch of delay when you play? Sometimes, yeah, and a Boss chorus. Very yeah. subtle, but like, who doesn't have a Boss pedal in their rig <laughs> ever since teenage d days, you know? How do you like to run your monitors? Like today, obviously, you're wanting a little less guitar in the monitors, and you like to hear it coming out of the house, it's, which personally, I love that sound as well. But when you're on stage with your four-piece band, how do you uh, have your guitar mixed? <sighs> Just loud, everything loud. Um, <laughs> I, it, I feed off the full adrenaline power and loudness, and there's something about when everything is not loud enough, you just kind of feel like it 
it's it's weak and so like everything is loud i can hear everybody of course it's very forceful but as long as everything is really loud <laughs> i'm cool i know what you're saying because like the singer in my band she uh she can tell when it's not completely popping out of those pa cabinets because she yeah. can hear the room really well and i think in that way your guitar is a voice too it <laughs> must be i mean i, I completely it attack my guitar like a vocalist and in the mix when we the front of house person is to mix my guitar as if we were a singer and that's kind of the way it's mixed on one bad mf so it's taking the existence of a singer but it's a guitar all right before i let you go do your clinic here at mi you've got to just give us the japan update so how often do you first of all do you come to the states these days I come to America maybe once or twice a year to tour. Um, like I said, I'll be in America and Japan in, fe- uh, in January, February. And, you know, a couple other events will bring me here. And, of course, I got family here, which, which I love. And, um, you know, maybe once, twice, sometimes three times a year. Nice. Now, uh, have you done any crazy new Japanese TV shows that you'd like to tell us about? All the time. I mean, they're not really, you know, that crazy. But well, they're so different than American shows. Tell true. us about one or two. <laughs> Well, the most recent one that I did that'll probably be broadcast right around this um, podcast is called uh, Soramimi Awards. And this is something that I do every year, an annual show. Um, It's so hard to explain it. It's (laughs) what they do is they take lyrics from foreign songs, non-Japanese songs, lyrics that could be misconstrued as Japanese words. They might find a phrase that might mean something in Japanese, and then they'll create videos around that. And it's, it's usually quite X-rated. <laughs> and um, That's hilarious. And then you crush their dreams of what the lyrics actually mean and explain yeah, what it, it is. Exactly, yeah. Explain <laughs> what it is. You, but you explain in Japanese because you're Japanese. fluent. Yeah. And, but you break it down with the, I break it what down. the American singer actually was saying. Yeah, and it's not always America. Sometimes it's music from like Kenya or Spain or Argentina or whatever. It's music from all over the world oh, that cool. has little phrases that sound Japanese. And then they make these comedy videos about it. And myself <laughs> and uh, the host of the show and some other guests get in there and just rank on all this stuff and have such a good time. Has becoming a TV personality become like you know a big percentage of your career as far as you know making rent and stuff like i mean obviously guitar is is your first love and your main thing but this seems to be a secondary career that's evolved for you well to many people they only know me from tv and to many people they only know me from music somewhere in between there's people who know everything but it's always interesting when people come up to me on the street and say, oh, it's Marty. And it's like, what do you know me from? And it's I saw you on this show or I saw you from this show or... Um, or that do, concert. That concert, yeah, it could be anything. And I not only do my own solo music, but I've played with a lot of other artists in Japan too. So uh, the, the exposure is all over the place, but it's all different things. So it keeps me on my toes. Okay, I got to squeeze in one last question. So... Tell us who you've played Budokan with and then give us tips. Let's say you're talking to someone who's about to play this famous concert venue for the first time. What's the tip to rocking Budokan? Rocking Budokan, okay. As a kid, I loved Cheap Trick at Budokan and all those live albums came from Budokan and stuff and the bootlegs. And So when I finally got to play there, it was a big thrill. Um, it's a nice venue. It's not like 
the venue itself is so insanely rad. It's it's a it's a nice big venue. Um, it sounds good. It doesn't have the best acoustics in the world, but it's not you know a reverb tank. It sounds good. Um, I played there seven times. Sometimes with my music, sometimes with other people's music, sometimes with a combination of both. Um, my favorite time ever playing there was with uh, an idol group called AKB48. And uh, this was... Uh, That's from like Japanese... Mer- Japanese... Uh, <laughs> say Japanese American. Japanese idol. Japanese idol group, Same. 48 girls. And um, I've worked with them before, but the first time at Budokan was just like fantastic their favorite my favorite song of theirs is called heavy rotation and that's what they asked me to guest on so i came and played it with them and it was like it was just adrenaline on a thousand it was um the song is like a it's a pop song but when i played i played it really really heavy and uh you know really furious guitar playing and stuff like that but uh Playing my, my one probably my favorite song of all Japanese music in my favorite venue in Japan was a big thrill with AKB48. Fantastic! Well, thanks for squeezing us in today and Thank being you on much. No Guitar Safe. And all right, keep it alive till you're 95, man. All right, thanks, man. No Guitar is Safe.